Tangent Tank, Solving the Housing Crisis, a Tangent Original Series. This Tangent Tank dives into the world of prop tech companies tackling the housing affordability and supply crisis. Join our panel of judges, Jeffrey Berman, partner at Camber Creek, Zach Ahrens, co-founder at Metaprop, and prop tech entrepreneur Edward Cohen, as we ask the tough questions and challenge each founder and evaluate their startups based on innovation, potential impact, and scalability. You'll listen firsthand from the founders themselves as they share their stories of determination and resilience. 1.8 billion people around the world do not have adequate housing, and 150 million more are living in homelessness. Housing affordability reached an all-time historic low in the US as over 10 million renters spend over 50% of their income on housing. Amidst these challenges, there is hope. Across the world, we're seeking startups that leverage technology and talent to tackle this crisis head-on, creating groundbreaking solutions that increase the supply of housing, lower housing costs, and improve access to housing for all. If you are a passionate founder, driven to make a positive change in our cities by improving housing affordability and accessibility, please apply by emailing your company's deck or video to tangentcommunity at gmail.com. Hi, welcome to Tangent. I'm Edward Cohen. Today on Tangent, we have Ronak Singh, founder and CEO at Rome, the most affordable way to purchase your next home through an affordable Sumable Mortgage. Hi, Ronak. Where does this podcast find you? Hi, I'm doing great. It's a cold and rainy day in New York, but other than that, I'm, I'm doing well. Glad to hear. Let's jump right into it. So, I mean, you have a fascinating story uh, with a prop tech real estate background with your experience in Open Door and also marketplaces like Uber and even Cul-de-Sac, which is a tangent favorite. Now, before we get started with Rome, and the world of assumable mortgages. How did you come up with this idea and why do you think the time is right now? Yeah, so happy to give a little bit of context on myself for your listeners as well. Um, you know, I started my own career at Uber uh, and I worked on operations and data science that was going across New York and London and Shanghai. And I actually started out by handing out phones to drivers. And, you know, later on, as that uh, whole company progressed, I ended up tracking how there were a bunch of fraudulent trips happening in Shanghai. And so got a chance to see the whole organization scale um, and see the challenges that come with that. But the biggest takeaway I had from Uber was that there was going to be a whole world of opportunity for companies that were at the intersection of the physical and the digital world. And so I knew this is what I wanted to spend my career doing. Um, and I was looking for what I wanted to do next after Uber. And I thought the most compelling and ambitious example of a company at the intersection of the physical and digital world was Opendoor. Um, as you know, housing is one of the most transformative and uh, important segments of uh, an everyday consumer's life here. Um, and I worked at Open Door across operations and product. And I was instrumental in starting the mortgage business uh, by being part of the, you know, the zero to one phase there. So I was actually Open Door's first loan officer. And I closed the first hundred files myself. That helped me understand how we could translate customer insights from our product into, you know, uh, what works for a hundred people into what would make this work for a million people. Um, and I knew then, you know, I was really interested in housing. I saw the impact we had. Um, there were two things really I found interesting about mortgages when I was a loan officer as well. The first was it was emotionally fulfilling to help, you know, I think of it as burying people across this chasm of personal dread. You know, it's, it's a very intense time for them. 
you're learning a lot about their life through their personal finance and their history. Um, and intellectually, I also thought it was fulfilling because you have to figure out a way to make the dollars and cents add up for them to be able to move. And so I thought that was a very interesting opportunity that most people didn't seem to see. Uh, and after about, you know, I was at Open Door for three and a half years. Uh, after that time, Ryan Johnson, who is the first employee at Open Door, uh, and also was the one who had recruited me uh, to Cul de Sac, and he's the founder of Cul de Sac, which is building the first car-free neighborhood from scratch. Um, I think he was revolutionary for taking on such a big bet in housing. And as you know, you know, Coastal Ventures, the Founders Fund, are also big investors there. Um, I went on to lead product at Cul de Sac, and you know, we had to figure out everything from the ground floor up. Like, how would you lease an apartment to pay your bills? How would you report maintenance issues? And if somebody's toilet is overflowing, how are we going to know and be able to react to that? So had a chance to see a lot of the different issues that come with building something up from the ground up in housing, as well as doing something at scale with Open. And so earlier this year, we launched Row, which personally to me felt like, you know, a combination of many of the skills I built up across Uber and Open Door and Cul-de-Sag. Uh, but more broadly, it was an issue I was going through myself. So, um, you know, back in uh, the days when rates started to go up, I was looking for a home to be able to purchase. And as I was looking for homes, I found that with every month that the rates went up, so too did the monthly payments, which meant that the number of homes I could afford got smaller, smaller, and smaller. And this was, you know, personally, it felt pretty suffocating. And so I stumbled upon a simple mortgage as my own research, which seemed, you know, honestly too good to be true at first. Uh, but then I saw that it was legitimate. You know, we tested the concept. Um, I worked with Eric on understanding some of the customer feedback. And it was very positive. You know, what we found was sellers were tending to be immobile. You know, they were thinking, look, I got this home in, you know, 2020 rates were at 2%. You know, my monthly payment is 1500 a month. Now I wouldn't be a buyer of this home at $5,000 a month. I don't know who would. So instead I'll just decide to stay put and not list my home. And, you know, maybe I won't take that job or maybe I won't move closer to my family and so on and so forth. And so we saw there was immobility in the seller side. And then on the buyer side, when we spoke to folks who wanted to be able to make their next purchase, we found they were, you know, felt quite stifled by the rise in interest rates. They thought, you know, look, if I go down the street and get qualified by Rocket for a seven and a half percent mortgage, they tell me I can only afford a 300K home. But unfortunately, the average home in Atlanta is now 425,000. So I'm just going to decide to stay put too. And so it was this lack of immobility that we saw that played the system, which is why we call the company Rome. Um, we wanted to help free up a lot of the immobility and turn that into mobility. Um, and so that's how we came up with the name and you know what was what the early days of it were like. Roam around, I mean, fascinating story. I think in terms of you, you've been doing things that don't scale at first to detect pains and problems firsthand. I mean, I can't imagine what finding out about the farm bots with Uber where in Costa Rica, we just have taxi drivers ordering fake Uber rides instead. But And also for entrepreneurs out there, I mean, just going out in the real world and starting to follow, apply, or participate in government programs, feeling firsthand pains. I mean, you likely come out with multiple worthy startup ideas that create value and solve problems in, in real estate. I mean, governments, whether we like it or not, they, they fuel most of real estate in one way or another, either by their failures or to innovate or by their programs that they put out to incentivize. In the heart of Silicon Valley, there's an organization making waves in helping solve the housing crisis, Housing Trust Silicon Valley. At Housing Trust, they provide developer financing, homeownership assistance, and lender and broker resources to help create more equitable and affordable communities. Established over 20 years ago by local businesses, community leaders, and affordable housing activists, 
Housing Trust Silicon Valley uses transformative housing finance and public and private partnerships to create a strong, affordable housing market. From those experiencing homelessness to developers, renters, and first-time home buyers, Housing Trust SV is dedicated to ensuring that every neighbor has access to safe, stable, and affordable housing. Housing Trust SV is making a difference in the 14 counties of the Greater Bay Area and Sacramento. These are communities with a common need, more affordable housing and the capital to support its development. Join the Housing Trust SV in making a lasting impact on our communities. Housing Trust Silicon Valley, where innovation meets compassion. Learn more at housingtrustsv.org. So assumable mortgages, antiquated bureaucratic process, walk us through the mechanics of an assumable mortgage process today. Yeah, so I can kind of walk you through what we saw is, you know, when we started to look at the problem and saw the solution for assumable mortgages, the first thing we wondered was, why are more people doing this? You know, uh, why is this something that we think could be a novel and new idea to start a company around? And we found there were, you know, two big problems. The first was discovery. It was very difficult to be able to discover these homes. Um, it was difficult to be able to identify homes that had an assumable mortgage included. And the second was the coordination cost. You would have, you know, the buyer, the seller, the buyer's agent, the seller's agent, lender, title, escrow, the closing attorney all of whom had never experienced this type of transaction before. And so didn't know the mechanics behind it, especially given the fact that it requires a manual underwriting. And so we set out to solve both of those problems up front. Um, what we did was we built the first ever data feed on withroam.com, where you come over to the site and you can see, you know, say in Tampa, you can see 600 listings today that are eligible for the assumption. And if you go on there, you'll see the interest rate that you'll be able to take over from the seller You'll see how much you'll save by assuming a mortgage at 2.5% compared to taking out a new loan at 7%. Uh, and you'll see what you have to be able to put down. And we knew that this would make an impact in helping consumers identify the relevant opportunity as it applies to them and finding the most affordable home to purchase in their neighborhood. Um, you know, you can contrast this with Zillow or any of the big shopping sites where if you use the keyword search for a simple mortgage, you will find one to two results, right? Because most sellers don't know that they qualify for the program. And not only that, but they don't know that they can advertise it as a marketing advantage. So we knew we could change that. And that was the first step of the problem we set out to solve. Now, the second step was around the coordination cost. And so we have our concierge service where we represent the seller and the buyer in their interactions with the servicer to ensure that docs are submitted on, on time. Uh, and for the servicer, this also yields the benefit of having fewer parties calling in and asking for redundant information that could be passed along to one party and disseminated as relevant and as required, right? Because all the seller and buyer care about at the end is, am I going to close on time? You know, is this process on track? And we manage that for them. So we knew that if we could provide certainty around the closing process and for the seller, we give them certainty of sale because we expand the universe of potential buyers who are able to afford them. And for buyers, we reduce their monthly mortgage payment by more than half which enables them to be able to go out and have the confidence that they can actually afford to purchase a home that they would like to be able to purchase and that they can afford to be able to purchase. And so those were some of the early value props for buyers and sellers. Now, we also thought more deeply about, well, how can we work with agents? And so for buyer's agents, we wanted to make them look good. And so did we for seller's agents for that matter. But for buyer's agents, the way we went along doing this was we helped them see, you know, for their buyers, let's help them see inventory they otherwise didn't even know they could afford. You know, so uh, think about showing them inventory that if they get pre-qualified at seven and a half for a 300K home, well, maybe if the monthly payment and down payment requirements were the same, they could actually afford that 450K home. 
if you know it's only been paid down by five or six percent but has that three percent note on it. and so we knew that would be attractive for buyers agents and for sellers agents we know that we could get them uh help them get their home sold and be the most sophisticated representative for their client aligning incentives across the board uh, i mean also in terms of looking at who who could really benefit from this um so these loans are typically government programs, right? For example, FHA or the VA. So to qualify to assume an FHA mortgage, you need at least, what, 580 credit score and a debt to income ratio of 43% of, of, or less. Um, that right. means that yeah. only about like 15% of Americans have a credit score lower than that. And the average American debt to income ratio last year was under 10%. So that means that most Americans could potentially qualify for these? Yeah. So we think that the vast majority of Americans will qualify. You know, there is a huge number of assumable mortgages out there. We think there's about four and a half million of them, which represents about 1.4 trillion of mortgage debt in total. In 20 and 21, if we think back to when those ultra low rate loans were being originated, about one third of them, Edward, were assumable. So you have to think that, you know, there's a trillion dollars plus of assumable mortgages out there that we are enabling customers to be able to discover. And we started with the markets where we saw the most inventory available for them. So we're currently live in five states, Arizona, Georgia, Texas, Florida, and Colorado. Um, and we plan to be in 80% of the U.S. by the end of this year. Ambitious. I like it. I mean, starting with the usual suspects in terms of housing boom markets, but can blame you. I mean, that's where people want to move. Um, insane. I mean, to 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 learn that even assumption documents are still often transmitted by fax machine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's uh, baffling, but also encouraging. Yeah. Um, that was actually a large part of what we helped buyers with early on. If a lender asked for documents to be faxed in, they would call us and be like, "Do you guys have a fax machine? You know, I don't have access to one." Actually, you all it. trends all trends come back. I mean, if the yeah. new if the bad New Balance shoes are back in fashion. No, no, no then why can't fax machines come back? Yeah. Um, and if you think back to when assumable mortgages were most popular, it was in 1980, 1981, as rates went from 2% to north of 15%. And so, you know, we see that economic dislocations create opportunity and, you know, history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. And so we see this as a similar example where rates are going up, buyers get priced out. You know, we think almost 75 million individuals got priced out of being able to purchase in this economic environment. And this is an opportunity to bring more of them off the sidelines. Amazing. I mean, yeah, I was looking at the distribution of mortgages and the biggest buckets, if we break it down by mortgage rates between uh, 1% each, the biggest buckets are between 2 to 3 and 3 to 4%, yep. uh, which amount to like 30 million mortgages. Yeah. Now, in terms of the business model, uh, I'd like to learn more in terms of unit economics. How are you structured to like align incentives, which you already hinted at throughout the home buying journey? Uh, and the assumption journey, uh, and how do you make money? Yeah, so you know we don't have many of the I think structural disadvantages that other companies have with high cost of capital because we don't put capital into a home. And you know personally to me, what I found enlightening about that experience was by choosing to learn that from Open Door. Yeah, like by choosing to be capital light in many ways, you can actually increase your ambition because you're able to now service every customer. You know, you don't have to take a point of view on the price appreciation of their home necessarily. What we're actually providing is certainty at scale. And so this enables us to work with every customer who comes in the door instead of having to worry about their individual forecast for their property. So we can be more accessible than most services can. Um, and that's been helpful. Now, you know, we charge the buyer 1% of the sales price, but the way we represent this to folks is look, you know, if on a 400K home, you pay us, say, 4,000. 
keep in mind, this is still uh, lower than the standard mortgage origination cost, which is probably around 1.5 to 2%. So not only is it lower on a one-off fee, but additionally, the majority of our customers, we see say $1,000 to $1,500 a month, which means annualized over the life of the loan, they will save between $325 to $400,000, which is significant. You know, This is the kind of savings that we need to help people with homeownership. Um, and that's the kind of contrast we seek to provide. Fascinating. I mean, in terms of certainty at scale, but more than that, it's it's peace of mind in execution in, in you know the largest financial decision in people's lives. Um, now, uh, how are how's your relationship with lenders? Uh, are some like may some be hesitant to the idea of assumable mortgages because uh, for them it would mean more work for less money? Or how are you navigating that? Yeah. So the first thing to keep in mind is that this is a benefit given to you by law. It's already part of the stipulation of receiving a veteran uh, VA loan or a FHA loan. So this is already part of the contract when you get that mortgage. Now the way we work with lenders is. A, we help them reduce the cost on their end by being the single party that they work with. You know, we sign a third party authorization with sellers and with buyers that enables us to represent their interests, which means they get less frequent calls on their end that are redundant and soak up their time, right? Because they're also very busy. Now, additionally, we help them think about their business as, you know, if you think of uh, this business as a cost center, you're going to be less likely to invest. It. But we help them see that this is actually an opportunity to think of the business as revenue retention because you can keep the MSR or the mortgage servicing right outstanding and continue to collect uh, your 25 basis points for every single payment that that you know loan is gonna make you. Now, the reason this is valuable is because for no additional customer acquisition costs, we put a buyer in that seat of what that loan was already originating for them. So they keep that MSR volume, which could be worth five to $6,000 a customer, and they don't have any cap behind it. Uh, and additionally, you know, we help some lenders originate a second lead to those buyers, which can give them more revenue. And thirdly, if the seller who is exiting that first lien has a good experience, they will also be able to originate a new lead to that seller in most cases. And so this helps them see additional revenue streams by keeping this type of transaction consistent, affordable, and easy to use. Um, and so you know, we're always working with lenders and seeking to deepen our partnership with lenders. Um, one of the things I love most about the company is that we see it as a win-win opportunity across the ecosystem. You know, we don't really see it as uh, if we win, somebody else has to lose. In general, I see that there's significant opportunity to bring back, you know, mobility across the U.S. And this is a platform through which we can do so. I think yeah, it doesn't have to be a, a net net zero mentality, like making the pie bigger. It's what it's all about. And you like you, you don't make the rules. This is this is by law. Yeah. Um, in terms of so the type of homes user profile that you're seeing more success now. Talk a bit more about that and who are you helping transact and what type of homes? You mentioned the markets, the Sunbelt, yeah. uh, but we'd love to learn more about that. Yeah. So I'll give you an example of our one of our first customer stories, which we actually had covered in Business Insider. Um, Felix was, you know, he's a grandfather and he's living about 100, 150 miles away from his grandkids. And, you know, he wants to be able to see them grow up and take them to karate and take them to, you know, basketball games and so on and so forth. But he feels like his life is on hold because he can't afford to move in this environment. And there are many folks of which, you know, they see the rates going up and they think, well, heck, I'll wait a few years or five years or 10 years and just wait for them to come down and then I'll take the next chapter of my life. But many folks don't have that ability to wait. They need to be part of the next. They need to open that next chapter today. And so that's what we're helping to unlock is for the buyers who feel like they're on the sidelines and this is prohibiting them from being able to take a new job. 
or move closer to their family or get out of a bad relationship. You know, many of these factors are endemic and are prohibited by the fact that rates price them out of being able to purchase their next home. And so we're hoping to unblock that for our buyers. So if you're feeling like you're stuck or you feel like you can't afford to move in this current environment, we think there's a solution for you with what we're building here. Um, and for sellers, we also see many of them, you know, who are feeling trapped by their mortgage and actually feel like they can't, you know, find a way to um, monetize that effectively. Um, but more broadly, the sentiment we see from sellers is, I don't think this house is going to move. You know, at 7%, the universe of buyers who's going to be able to afford my home is a couple of people. And if they don't like my pool, or if they don't like my lawn or the cul-de-sac or some idiosyncratic reason, maybe this house won't move, which is going to be extremely painful for me and my family to go through. And so we help them get certainty for their sale. Uh, and, you know, we generally see this with anybody who's been on the market for a few weeks. They start to look for other solutions and they'll stumble upon us and then they'll start to advertise the Sumo mortgage directly in the listing. And so we see that as an avenue to get you certainty for sale on the sell side and also the certainty that you can move on the buy side. Interesting. Um, I mean, next 12 to 24 months should be crucial as people are wishing, hoping, expecting interest rates to at least come down from the high increase that we've seen. Um, how would how would that impact uh, the business if, if interest rates do in fact start to come down? Yeah. So, you know, I think that uh, one, as you mentioned, the majority of these loans are between two to three percent or three to four percent. I don't see rates coming down to two percent for more than a decade. Um, and so in that case, we think we continue to have a significant offering, but also keep in mind that as rates come down, so too do the cost of second liens which means that our ability to blend the two products to be able to give buyers a blended rate that is significantly affordable also increases. And so we think our product advantage will continue to become you know, compounded through the years. And this will be under the umbrella of being the most affordable way to purchase. I unfortunately, but I, I agree with you. Uh, I think it's wishful thinking if people are expecting interest rates to come down to the levels that we saw in the previous cycle. Ronak, so curious, in terms of certainty of closing and execution and providing peace of mind, uh, can you walk us through more closely uh, how that works in practice and how are you planning to solve it going forward? Yeah. So, you know, we care a lot about providing people with certainty across the spectrum. And so to provide sellers with uh, peace of mind and a form of insurance in the rare event that there's going to be a delay of closing, Rome will actually reimburse the seller for the principal and interest portion of their monthly mortgage payments for up to 60 days after the scheduled closing date. So, you know, historically what we've seen is many of these transactions will close within say 45 to 60 days, which is not much longer than that of a traditional mortgage. And since our inception, you know, I don't think a single transaction has fallen out uh, once the buyer has been approved. However, what we have found is sometimes sellers may be hesitant to accept an offer that involves mortgage assumption um, because, you know, they don't wanna add a lot of complexity to their lives, it's not a transaction they've particularly heard of. And so they're looking for ways in which they can receive the same certainty that an assumable mortgage will close in the way that, you know, a standard purchase loan might or a cash offer might. And so to do that, we created the Rome Closing Guarantee. You know, we're so confident in our service, which ensures assumptions get done on time, that we're going to put our money where our mouth is. And the closing guarantee is going to be a safety net that gives sellers peace of mind that any possible delays will not impact them financially. Um, so, you know, while it may be on average around 45 to 60 days, in the rare event, it will take a little bit longer. We've got your back. We will help you cover the PI portion of that payment and ensure that, you know, you're not on the hook for a double mortgage because it took a few extra days. I mean, that sounds uh, 
the most revolutionary closing guarantee since Domino's 30 minutes or free <laughs> pizza. So that's uh, exciting. Look out for that. Yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting. And, you know, we think of this product over time becoming actually similar to what you just pointed out with the Domino's pizza trackers. So as buyers come on, they'll be able to see in their dashboard, you know, your file's been submitted. Uh, you, you've just been gone, you've just been submitted to underwriting. Underwriting's been done. You're on your way to closing and closing date is tomorrow. So we seek to provide the same certainty for closing on your mortgage and your home that one might expect with getting a pepperoni pizza delivered to their door. Amazing. I mean, just flying yesterday back from Costa Rica and I was able to track my luggage, which I was like, okay, do I really <laughs> need to track my luggage journey? I just want to make sure it gets there when I'm there. But uh, <laughs> certainly we should be able to track our mortgage and our assumptions. Now, uh, by second lead, you mean uh, that's to help bridge the difference in price when there's a difference between the uh, leftover in the mortgage and the home price, correct? Correct. Yeah. So let's say you have five. You want to sell a home for five hundred thousand dollars, and there's four hundred thousand dollars remaining on your mortgage. We want to ensure you, as a seller, are protected from an equity perspective, which means that hundred thousand dollar gap is cashed out, and that from a credit perspective, the subsequent payments that buyer does or does not make. It will not touch your credit. And so in part of ensuring and fulfilling our promise to the seller on the equity perspective, we ensure that buyers can either put down all cash for the equity gap that's required, or they can put down a portion of it in cash and then take out a portion of it with the second lien. So that second lien is sometimes priced a little bit higher. And in that case, what we're seeing is that as rates come down, so too does that cost of that second. Something I was just thinking now with so many other like so many products out there to uh, monetize or quote unquote unlock your equity in your home. Uh, you know, first that comes to mind, home equity products. Uh, mm -hmm. What what products out there uh, are your customers kind of mentioning that they're considering uh, an alternative to yours? And I mean, why is yours better besides the fact that the home equity products are super expensive? <laughs> yeah. So as you see it on two dimensions, first is um, we are often the first touch point in our buyer's life cycle. You know, I would say nine out of 10 of our customers come to us unrepresented. We're the first person they spoke to because they watched us on you know, television or they heard about us in the news or they saw a listing with a friend and they think to themselves, well, heck, I'm not a buyer at 7%, but if this company can help me get into a home at 2%, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And so we're often the first touch point, not only in educating the consumer, but in guiding them through the process and referring them to the relevant parties that are involved. Now, the second point that you mentioned around, you know, home equity products or home equity investment companies, um, something that was critical to us early on and that we instilled in the company was simplicity of messaging is key. Meaning you need to have a product that is very clearly discernible and understood by the mass market of consumers. That's why our pricing is very simple and transparent at 1%. And the value props are very clear and plain spoken. You know, we we say for buyers, we make your home purchase 2x more affordable. And for sellers, we tell them we help you find 5x more buyers for your home sale. And so that simplicity of messaging is compounded by the fact that we have, you know, reached through media and that we have positive contrast to what's frankly a, a pretty negative macro cycle. And so we see those as the avenues to which we reach customers. And we're grateful to be their first touch point in their moving process. Absolutely critical, the, the simplicity and, you know, that it, speaking to them in, in English to everyone, because again, this is the biggest decision. And yeah. I think a lot of housing innovators out there have failed at that kind of simplicity in messaging or have over, have underestimated uh, the impact that that will have, especially getting traction at the beginning. Um, 
Let's move on to housing market. Uh, one love to hear your thoughts on how do you see the housing market playing in 2024 and beyond. Uh, every year, you know, we we get a surprise, and I feel we also kind of overestimate what how fast things can change in a few months, but also underestimate what what can happen, uh, especially in an election year. So what are your thoughts on, on the housing market? Yeah, you know, I still see that consumers are significantly priced out. There's a combination of high interest rates, higher home price appreciation, as well as a lack of inventory that's contributing to this. And so we still see that consumers need to seek out, you know, pretty significant savings to be able to make their next move. Like I'll give you an example. You know, one of our latest customers will save um, $5,000 a month and actually $2 million over the life of their loan because they're purchasing a $2.4 million home in Florida. And so if they assume the seller's 2.75% mortgage as compared to today's rates of 7%, those are the kind of savings they need to see even on the higher end of the spectrum to be able to move. And so we don't see that you know significantly changing, even for folks, whether you're buying a 200K home or a $2 million home, people are looking for the same type of savings to be able to take their next step in life. Do any any thoughts on the insurance premiums in Florida going up and the insurance companies yeah. exiting the market and how will that impact housing or your business or just, uh, yeah, are we going to innovate ourselves out of this one? Yeah, I mean, I see that if you talk to lenders, you'll probably see a, a resurgence in loan modification requests as driven by your comment on you know insurance costs or even property taxes, actually. And so folks are looking for ways in which they can actually reduce their cost of living because they're seeing taxes rise or insurance costs rise or uh, pricing go up and frankly, looking for solutions. And so uh, what we think about is how can we be as transparent as possible and give you the best information to find you the best home underlying you know, your preference is a, this is what I want to spend on a monthly basis and this is what I can afford to put down. And so depending on your monthly payment and down payment, that's how we show you the inventory you can afford. It's not driven by less price, if that makes sense. Thoughts on NARS lawsuit and the commission battle that is ongoing now in multiple states? Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, I have lots of friends who are agents as well, and I know this is, you know, it can be a kind of a randomizing time for folks. But one thing I think that's interesting from this is if you think back to um, the original value problem we spoke about with discovery, I think this continues to become more interesting, right? Because what we see is actually that in some ways, discovery across the board is going to get commoditized. You know, I'll give you an example. You can't find my parents anywhere on the internet, but you can find their home address on the first eight links of Google. And this is interesting because this is what Google enabled with PageRank was long tail search queries are surfaced very well. And the best long tail search query is one's property address because it's frequent, but you know, kind of it's infrequent, but a highly relevant score. And so you're able to show Zillow, you know, Compass, Realtor, Redfin, Trulia, everyone has your home address listed on the first page of Google. And so where I think this poses a challenge in terms of the NAR lawsuit is, you know, the MLS in increasingly becomes a syndication engine to these platforms, right? And they're easy to find. And so the next step is going to be for agents to help activate the intent once a buyer does discover a property, because there's multiple ways to do so now. It's going to be, how can you activate that lead? And, you know, not only increase the quantity of leads you can surface from, you know, that discovery platform, but also increase that quality. And so where we think of playing into that is the quality of the lead is enhanced once they know they can afford it. And the quantity of leads who are interested in purchasing that home are also enhanced because they know that now this is something they can do. And so I think that's where I would be seeking to go as you know, a buyer's agent, you know, pending the NAR stuff is 
how can I enhance the quality and quantity of these leads? Uh, given the discovery is you know now being played out over the internet. Yeah, collaboration superpower, Verona. If you could choose one person, historic or living, to uh -huh. do a partnership with, to collaborate with, who would it be? Oh man, there's so many great people in the industry to work with. I guess you know there's a couple of people I'd love to work with more deeply. We'd love to obviously work with you know the FHA and VA. I think to make assumptions easier, um, hear their concerns, and kind of ensure they hear our customer feedback too. Uh, but we also love to work with our all our platform partners like Zillow and Realtor and Redfin. Um, we'd want there to be a buy with Roomba on all of those listings, you know? So uh, we think there's opportunity to work with federal agencies. We think we can work with states on down payment assistance for second liens. We can work with platforms like Zillow to be able to have, uh, you know, the quality of those leads be enhanced. Um, we'd love to work with brokerages to be able to ensure their agents can bring the most benefit possible to all of their clients, whether they're listing that home or whether they're trying to help a buyer find the right home to purchase. Ronak Singh, founder and CEO at Rome. Where can listeners uh, find you and connect with Rome and learn more? So you can find our website at withrome.com. That's W-I-T-H-R-O-A-M.com. Uh, and additionally, you know, if you have any questions, you can feel free to email me directly. Um, I'm R-A-U-N-A-Q at withrome.com. Thank you. You can find that in the episode description below. Ronak, thank you so much for coming to Tangent today. I uh, look forward to seeing what you guys will accomplish for the housing industry and beyond. Thank you, Edward. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Tangent and share the show with a friend. This episode is produced by me, Edward Cohen. Thanks for listening to Tangent and remember, collaboration is our superpower. So stay curious and always be learning.